Hello and welcome to According to John. Today's topic is being wholly possible for humans. We answered the question, what does it mean that God is holy? And so now, is it possible for us to be holy? Well, we were created in the image of God. And so... And he calls us. Yeah. 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 This isn't going to be real popular uh, in church. It's all through the scripture, but it's not all through the churches anymore. So... I think it should be. So that's gonna, a great give it a, a best shot. Amen. That's a great point about not being in churches. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And today we're going to open in a word of prayer and then we're going to jump right in this. Is it possible for humans to be holy? And if it is, what does that look like? And if it isn't, this is going to be a short podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you ever so thankful, Lord, that not only did you give us opportunity to go to heaven to be with you, but, Father, you want us to be like you. Father, help us to see that in your scriptures today as we look through this, that we see your face. And Father, we see our face and then make the adjustments so that our face looks like yours. Lord, we thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so is being holy possible by humans? Holiness is not only a possibility for the Christian, but holiness is a requirement. It's a calling. Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Don't be afraid of it. Don't have false uh, hopes. Don't have false doctrines. But holiness is uh, our calling. It's what God begins when he, when he calls us unto himself. And we call it in theology sanctification. Yeah. It's not going to be made, oop, I'm holy. Uh, well, there's actually, there's a part of that that kind of is true, positional. Oh, you got a lot of good stuff. I don't want to jump ahead. Right, yeah, don't jump ahead. because okay. <laughs> you're so tempted. It's so good, John. It's your fault. It's good stuff when we I know where there. he's going with this. I'm excited, yeah, so I'll, yeah. wait. I'll be patient. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, and you called it sanctification, and sanctification is the process of being sanctified or the process of growing in holiness, if you will. Yeah. But here's what's really interesting. When you see this verse in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, pursue. That's the first word. Pursue what? Peace. With whom? All people. And holiness. Mm -hmm. So we pursue peace and we pursue holiness. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't move in that direction, that will never happen in your life. It, it is a conscious decision. I keep interrupting, and I'm There's, sorry. No, about that. no, no. That's it's, it's God initiates it, and without God, we we can't do it. But with with Christ, all things are possible. So He's mm-hmm. calling us unto something that's beyond ourselves. Yeah, He's calling us to something we'd never get there without Him. But He's going to be there with us to help us through, and to call us unto Himself. Call us unto holiness, which is kind of the opposite of what I would be without Him. Right. And change me it happens on the inside, and right. then it begins to show up on, on the, the outside. outside. And that's the thing. So holiness is a requirement. We see that in scriptures. And the difference between God and us is that God is inherently holy, mm-hmm. right? Whereas for us, we can't even begin to become holy 
until we have a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then holiness comes as we, practical holiness comes as we mature spiritually. And the word he uses here is pursue. Pursue. There's the human spirit, uh, the volition, the choice that we make that, especially when we sin and see the results of that, how it hurts us, it makes us look like idiots, it hurts other people. And the reality of that hits us. And I'm saying we can do better. With God helping us, well, and we can do better. And you said it. The reality hits us, which means we really understand we can do better. Mm-hmm. You know, to be holy, what does it mean? Well, first of all, it means that we are to be set apart for honorable use. Titus three three through five. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy. Hateful and hating one another. That's the eighth, ninth, <laughs> tenth grade for me. Yep, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, uh, as That's I my read, middle school resume there. Yeah, yeah look, <laughs> as I as I read that, you know, and and of course I read it researching. I read it putting the notes together. I just now read it again, and every time I read it, I'm like, yeah, eighth grade. <laughs> That's what started it, and it got worse. <laughs> I'm gonna read it again just because. It just like is, is a punch in the face every time. Foolish. Yeah, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. <laughs> yep, guilty on even... all counts. I'm thinking, dude, you can't hit that anymore head on yep. and accurate. That was me. Right. And, only, my, and my team. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not only were you hateful, yeah. but you were hating one another. Yes, absolutely. Oh, then verse four. But when the kindness and the love of God, there our go. Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Not generated by self. Nope. Because listen, self we're, we're, we're verse that three. Was self. Yeah. That was verse three, yeah. <laughs> Need we're, some help. Self needs help. We are verse three. And I'm telling you, man, in verse three, it is a, it, you know what verse three reminds me? Uh, when you see someone poking another one in the chest and you, and you, <laughs> and you, and you, just, like woodpecker in the chest, yeah. man, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. At any rate, not by verse five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. He came to live in us, to take the place of what we are. Because we were three. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> See, no, no. You didn't know how funny that verse was. I, you? You know, Until you applied to eighth grade. <laughs> There's your resume. That's where you started. As soon as you're like eighth grade, it hit me. I'm like, holy cow, that is right. I know cows aren't holy, but you get the idea. (laughs) Actually, they're whole if they're not cut up. Okay, so in first Corinthians. Come on, John, come on back. Get that sick Ohio humor coming out, man. I don't even I don't even know what our listeners are too smart to even fall into Uh, that, but I understand what it is. You got what I'm saying. I did. All right. First Corinthians. 6, 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. That's that process of growing mature spiritually, but you were justified, forgiven, and now you're just as if you never sinned 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. It was only because of Jesus through the Holy Spirit were we and are we no longer what we were, if that made sense. God began (laughs) a work. He initiates and he gave us volition. We can cooperate with his program. And as we do, he'll change us along the way to be conformed to the image of his dear son. And that process is called sanctification, setting us apart unto himself. And as we do, we're growing and he's changing us. But it only happens if we pursue. Yeah. And as when that's really happening, it doesn't produce arrogance and pride. It produces humility and holiness, holiness and kindness and gentleness and mercy and the fruits of the spirit will be evident as that's happening. You know, when I was uh, newly saved way back in the seventies, there was a lot of talk about separation. You know, the Bible says, be you separate, uh, you know? Yeah. But you hippies wanted to be separate <laughs> for all the wrong. Reasons. Yeah. But when I got saved, I started separating myself uh, from, <laughs> I started my separated myself as a hippie from society to be right. in my little commune, you know? Right. And then uh, Christ began to separate me from the world. Right. And from um, your hippies, yeah. <laughs> and there was there was talk. We used to use the word separation. We we didn't go to the dirty movies. And matter of fact, some of us we didn't go to any movies because we were. And we started taking, we started taking and making kind of non biblical rules for ourselves, right? And begin to judge ourselves. That, that legalism. That's legalism. I kind of fell into that trap for a little while. And we judge ourselves among ourselves. And the Bible says we are not wise right. when we do that. And so you begin to get that little list, you know, ching, 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 and I'm more spiritual than you because you you only go to decent movies that I don't go to. <laughs> or because my hair doesn't touch my ears and yours does or used to in the old days. So yeah. therefore, my hair is shorter yeah. than yours. Therefore, I am closer to God and I am more godly than you. Yeah. It's insanity. But right, stuff like that crazy, weird thing. So technically, okay, this is funny, and I'm not going to use any names because uh, I'm just not going to use any names. Anyway, so this guy has hair, but he's got a comb over, right? (laughs) My kids make a lot of fun of comb over. Yeah, so he's he's got a comb over. He doesn't anymore. He's since cut it off. But anyway, so he had a comb over. And he's up there giving the rules, and part of the rules of this establishment was you couldn't have uh, men, uh, boys or men couldn't have hair below their ears, and and of course his when it was combed it wasn't over his, or past his ears. But you comb it backwards, but you comb the whole side of his head. <laughs> so he's only half sanctified, right? <laughs> so one of the guys, one of the guys sitting in the in the auditorium said, uh raises his hand and he's like, yes. And he goes, technically you're violating the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Man-made rules will always come leave you looking foolish in the end, won't they? And that's the point of it, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, we, we think, oh yeah, I'm better than you because I don't go to any movies or, or, you know, we set all these rules up, but the reality is we end up breaking them anyway. Yeah. It's just sometimes you know, that technically. Whole, that whole, con- it just hit me, that whole consciousness of, what we do, where we go, who with, how long is our hair, what movies do we see, don't see. All of that is kind of focused off of Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah. When that focus is back on Jesus, that yeah. stuff, full silliness just goes away right. and real holiness can begin to kick in. Real sanctification starts. Um, the Lord took the initiative to pull us out of our former lifestyles. And that is that we were, verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So God literally took the initiative to say, hey, I'm going to take you out of that. I'm going to wash you up. I'm going to save you and you will be regenerated. And we'll regenerate this life. We get a new mind, like under the mind, let this mind be new, which is also great. We get a new heart. The heart of God is transplanted into us. We start caring about what he cares about. Right. And that that focus on it's, it's all about me is transferred to it's all about Christ. And that's that's wow. literally what happens. And if we if we believe in Christ for salvation, then we're washed, we're regen you know, there's regeneration that we talked about. And then we're set apart from the world for godliness. And and I'm gonna tell you I love this passage is Romans twelve two and it says this and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed how by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, if you are going to don't be conformed to the world, but we transformed by the renewing of our mind or by the pouring in of the word of God. And then all of a sudden we start thinking like God. And when we think like God, we act like God because you know, as well as I do, man, thoughts are things. And whatever we think about, if we think about it long enough, we will start acting it out. As a man thinketh in his heart, so, so is he. he. I'm telling you, the holiness starts with salvation and then second with the renewing of your mind by pouring the word of God into you. And if you don't do that and then surrender to it every day, you're going to struggle and that sanctification process isn't going to happen because you're not pursuing. And that's part of pursuing that we saw in the beginning of the podcast. So the pursuit of holiness does not end when we come to Christ. It just begins. begins. Say that again, John. That is fabulous. That's doctrinal. That's foundational. It is. The pursuit of holiness does not end when we come to Christ. It just begins begins two points for that for sure but that's also where the people struggle because they want to stay where they're at because you know everybody said the prayer yeah i'm done yeah no you're not done you've you've and if you've really turned to christ and really called upon him it's just beginning beginning. yeah and i will tell you this people say oh you know (laughs) okay now duke you know me i do and you (laughs) You I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Christ is in me. That's why. Right? That's the only way. <laughs> but you know, or I feel like I'm a man's man in the sense that, dude, I hit everything head on. <laughs> I ride, I'm all about motorcycles. I'm all about guns. I'm all about living for Jesus. I'm all about going to the edge. And when I say going to the edge, I'm talking going to the edge of Cliffs, cliffs, mile <laughs> drop off where my wife cringes. Yeah, so, so is her, your friend Duke. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm adventurous, dude, and I'm always yeah. going after it. And, and, and you don't really see fear in me. And I don't say that arrogantly. My, here's, here's my point. My, my point is people will say that uh, Christianity is for wimps and God is for wimps. And, you know, people use religion or Jesus as a crutch. And, and I'm just going to tell you, listen, I, I've owned 
businesses, started businesses, sold the businesses that I started. I've moved around the countryside. I've ridden my motorcycle around the country. Numerous I ha- times. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, I, I'm I'm adventurous. I build things. I've bought land, cleared land. You know, I mean, I'm listen. I'm mill. Uh, cut down logs now and milling the timber into you know the the logs into lumber i mean you name it man i'll do it and i've been in it right and living the christian life is one of the hardest things i've ever done and yet you're right i 100 percent. but it's also the greatest adventure it's the most rewarding and the greatest adventure yeah, yeah. and and that's my point you know people are like uh, you know, I'm saved. So that's it. Or, or, you know, Christianity's for, for weaklings. And I'm just going to tell you being someone that, um, is, listen, man, I was hit head on in a motorcycle, got up and walked away the next day, you know, uh, well, after I got out of the hospital, I walked out within a day, two days later, bought another motorcycle, broken wrist. I'm ready to go to Cleveland, Ohio from New York to pick up the motorcycle. I just bought two days after the motorcycle. I'm not a wimp. I see, I see the apostle Paul in that text, you know, about, I thought that too, that, well, Christians is just a crutch. It's just see, Dude. then I saw professional football players bowing to Jesus. And I realized it's, um, it's, it's a man's, it's a man's game and not, it's not, I don't mean game, but I mean, it's a man's calling. And I think of the apostle so, Paul shipwrecked three times, beaten by rods, five times in prison, in and out of jail. All because he believed in Jesus. And he never, he never complained one nope. time. He just they, kept moving forward. They stoned him outside of Iconium. You know what he did? He got back yeah. up, went to work the next day. They didn't even take a day off. <laughs> they He's pulled a man's him, man. Look, they, they pulled him out of the, out of the burning pile of dung and Gave him some medicine, and, and he limped back into the ministry yeah. going strong. He just, I, I wrote in my Bible. He didn't even take a day off. Didn't take a day off. And and listen, so I'm telling you that that men, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, it takes a real man and a real woman to hang in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're not going to mess up. I'm just saying you're going to hang in there, and you're not going to surrender your walk. You get knocked out of the saddle, and the Spirit gets us back in. Yeah, but it only comes because we understand that the walk just begins. We also understand that it's going to take some intestinal fortitude, mm-hmm. and it's going to. you better believe you better hold on to the Holy Spirit. One verse I can quote it, can't tell you where it's at. Quit ye like men, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, be vigilant. Mm-hmm. You know, step up, suck it up, dude. Get yeah. the Lord's with you. I think it's First Peter chapter five. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm old enough now. I'm allowed to forget. Amen. I oh, think. Johnny, why do you love me so much? I'm man? still trying to figure that one out, but I do think it's First Peter chapter five. Let's see. Um, yeah, verse eight or verse. I just just saw it. Be sober. Be, verse eight. Be sober. Yeah, be verse sober. eight. Yeah, be sober. Be vigilant. Suck it up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's saying. It is verse five. And here are chapter five. But my whole point in this, guys, is to say, and it wasn't tooting my own horn in any respect, but it, it is to say, me personally, anybody that knows me knows, dude, I will hit anything head on. I'm just bam, right? I'm I'm intense. I'm 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 just I, I know John. <laughs> and then people have a, people will tell me Christianity is for wimps. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Not to be a Christian, but to be a holy man of God that God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. A lot of self-denial. 
It really is. A lot of picking up your cross, denying yourself, and following him. In season, when you feel like it. Out of season, when you don't. don't. And that's our test. But, man, with his help, we can come forth like gold. Right. And and what we're talking about here is positional holiness and practical holiness. Mm -hmm. Positional holiness is at the moment of regeneration, when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Practical holiness is pursuing that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's uh, it's actively twofold. pursuing it. Go yeah, ahead. It, it's twofold. Um, the Bible says, in, I think it's in Colossians 2, we are seated with him. It's in the present tense, mm-hmm. in heavenly places. It's like, God, yeah. you're already here right. in his mind. Because with God, which was and which is and which is to come is all kind of one eternal present. Who Moses said, who do I tell the people is sending me? I am that I am. God is inside of time, outside of time, on time, all the above. And the, this, is, this is great foundational Christian doctrine. When we receive Christ as Savior, he declares us righteous. He imputes yes. unto us his righteousness, his holiness. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we're already seated with him. It's like we're already there now. But in reality, we're, we're still here with his heart, his mind, his spirit in us, working in us all manner of righteousness, convicting us of sin and conforming us to the images of his dear son. But as you say, it takes our vigilance. It takes our pursuance. And as we do, we are worshiping him. And the Father seeketh such to worship him. And 1 Peter speaks of what you just said. Because God expects us to cultivate a lifestyle of holiness. That word cultivate literally means, listen, when you put your garden in, dude, if you, you don't cultivate, you get nothing. You get nothing. You got to start there. You you can't take a handful. You can't take all your seeds in your hand and just sling them out into the grass and expect to get something because the grass is going to choke them out. You might get something here or there, but you're not going to get a nice sweet garden unless you cultivate it. You cultivate it, you feed it, you weed it. There's a vigilance that has to take place. And there's so many parallels in the scriptures about gardening. and Right. Because that's how they lived. They lived in an agricultural world. They understood that. And as you understand that, they all have spiritual applications. Absolutely. First Peter 1, 14 through 16. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Don't go back to what you were doing because you didn't know better at the time. Now you do, right? But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And then if we even went into verse 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. I'm telling you, if you are going to be holy, you have to cultivate that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You have to be on purpose and you have to do things because anybody, listen, if you don't have a green thumb, dude, you'll train wreck a garden pretty quick. People tell me, I don't have a green thumb. It's, no, you don't have a green mind. <laughs> right? Because Think about that. When you learn how it works, your thumb is not the problem. <laughs> it's your brain. <laughs> you okay, Johnny? <laughs> and when you get the green brain and you say how God laid it out, you if you didn't cultivate. see it on video, you missed it. Your thumb is not the problem. <laughs> the audio people miss that, you know. Uh, yeah, some of our sign language uh, here on the video version is. Uh, I don't is, know why that hit me. I guess 
You know, in, in, in everyday life, here's how it begins. Christ comes in my heart uh, Sunday night, June 18th. I wake up in the morning. It's uh, 5 a.m., and there's a drawer full of pornography that I had been collecting for six years. And the Spirit of God inside of me said, get rid of that. And I pursued it. I obeyed him. I got up early so my mom wouldn't see it. Right. <laughs> 18 years old. Took it out back in the burn barrels, and I burnt it. That was the big, I think that was my first act of sanctification. That was the beginning of cultivating a lifestyle. Yeah. And then I went in and read my Bible. I read a whole chapter, man. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I read a chapter in the Bible today. I'm cultivating it. That, right. I'm starting. Well, here's what you did. You went, you know what? I'm throwing away that which corrupts my mind, and I'm going to put in that which feeds my mind. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Just take the words out of my mouth, Jack. Go ahead. <laughs> He's launched. I'm so old now. You need to take the words right I'm, out of my mouth. I'm doing it right out of your mind. <laughs> Listen, God expects us to cultivate a lifestyle of holiness. And then God commands us in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, that's the Christian, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Listen, therefore, now that you know the promises, and not just know them, but you have them, having the promises of God. It's one thing to go, oh, yeah, I know about it. It's another to say, I own it. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I, now I can actually, because I own it, I, I have access to it. Mm-hmm. Like that, dude, that's huge. That's awesome. Right? So now it says, therefore, everything I just told you, having these promises, beloved Christian, because only the Christian has the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, the lost have the promises of God too, but the only promise of God that you have is that you can surrender your life to Jesus Christ or you can go to hell. He That's, can save you and let this all begin. Yeah. Or or reject it and go to hell. Go to hell. There, there's your promise. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's that's it. Anyway, we're going to keep it on the positive. Beloved Christian, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The flesh is all that which we poison ourselves with the world, and the spirit is the very inner, the being of who we are. Let's cleanse everything literally from outside to inside to inside to outside. Here's how it works. In everyday life, I saw it. Have two little girls, Leah's six, uh, maybe seven, and Rachel's five. Jesus knocks on the door of Leah's heart, and she was young, and I let her, took her up to the church, and we got on her knees on a Saturday afternoon, and she received Jesus as her Savior. Now, she wasn't a drug dealer and everything like her daddy. Praise God. Amen. The same grace that pulled me out of that has kept her out of that. She married a preacher, and she walks with God all these years later. So now she's seven years old. She receives Jesus. Her biggest battle every day, stop fighting Fighting. with your sister. (laughs) It was huge. She needed Jesus. And you know what? We saw the change. They start to fight, and she said, So, Rachel, I'm not going to fight with you. You're my best friend in the whole world. I'm a Christian now. I'm just not going to fight with you. Immediately, the Holy Uh, Spirit 
convicted her. Right. I'm the big sister. I'm a Christian. You're not. You need to get saved, <laughs> and you'll stop being mean too. And th- immediately, the Holy Spirit started working in her little childlike heart, right. and he convicted her of a And a, you of saw her sin. the difference. You saw the difference. You saw the difference. And she would witness to Rachel all the time. Rachel, you know you need to have Jesus in your heart. You're going to go to hell. <laughs> Rachel's like five. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, you're a little hellion. You need Jesus. <laughs> but, you know. But God began that work. Yep. And yep. she cooperated. And she pursued it. And that is exactly, I, I've got down here in my notes, which is exactly what you're saying. Bringing holiness to perfection Amen. means that we should be increasing in spiritual fruitfulness every day. We should be pursuing, right, spiritual fruitfulness. And you will see more and more of Jesus, or those around you will see more and more of Jesus in you because that's what you are pursuing. And that's literally holiness is emulating Christ. I like that pursuing thing. I'll apply it to my little girl again. She's like now eight years old. She'd been a Christian for a whole year. She would always say, who's the big boss here, dad? If we were visiting a church where I was preaching and, you know, I mean, I mean the pastor or in a grocery store, who's the big boss here? Like, you mean the manager? And I'm like, Leah, why do you always ask this? And she said, well, she looked at me like I was a stupid one. Like, (laughs) duh, you find out who's the boss and then you're really nice to them. Then you get what you want. Right. And she knows God's the ultimate, and you children obey your parents right. and the Lord, and you get what you want. You get what you want. Yeah, you get a big, you big fat a bonus on your on your uh, allowance because right. you're so sweet and you're so good. <laughs> and she pursued it, dude, <laughs> and she won. It worked. <laughs> took took Dad a few years to figure that out. Right. She had it all she figured had out. It. Yeah, but it's, it's scriptural. Yeah, it's it, it's the Holy Spirit yeah. doing the Word of God in a seven year old, eight year old heart unto holiness. Yep, and she was a virgin when she got married. Amen, right? And you should see what the her peers wrote in her yearbook when she graduated from high school. They were so proud. They cho- cho- chose her to be prom queen, right? And just before they graduate, they have the prom. They choose a king and queen, and they chose Leah, the the, the girl who, who's the big boss? <laughs> right. And it, you, you watch What holiness. they did was they, they, picture, they, they chose a picture of holiness. They did. They really did, and they admired her. But they were really seeing Jesus. Right. And, you know, you and I come out of the world and, you know, if anything's stupid or dumb or fast or hard or dangerous, we did it. We either did it or started it. <laughs> and ran. <laughs> you didn't run. You stayed got hit again. <laughs> but it, Leah said to me, Dad, I don't have a testimony like you because she never was in a drug dealer. Right. I said, Leah, you have a better testimony than me. You got a holy testimony, and you don't have all that right. those those skeletons. Because in it's not just skeletons, dude. It's straight up baggage that weighs us down. Yeah. Because there's still things that I've done in my past that, man, Satan will use to beat me up. And and literally, I got to catch my breath again and go. You know, Satan. That's not. I'm not that it's guy. Under the blood. Yeah, under the blood. I'm not under that guy. Yeah, that's what and, it was. And then got to move on, right? And so Satan will will try to destroy us. And the only way we can get past all the junk is we have to consider ourselves dead to sin and refusing to go back to our former lifestyles. Romans 6.11 says this, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> If we don't die to sin, you will not live to holiness. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I, I love that, reckon, reckon it to be true. 
recognize the facts because the emotions are going to be diametrically opposite right. of the facts. And we can follow our feelings and we're right. such a loser and we'll never be holy and we can't grow. Big fat lie. Yep. Or we can take the facts, focus there, and the facts say we can. God will equip us by the power of his spirit to say no to sin and say yes unto righteousness, and we grow into holiness. And Second Timothy 2.21 to grow into holiness or to cleanse ourselves from what's dishonorable, if you will, is Second Timothy 2.21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. And so the reality is, if you don't cleanse yourself from the latter, you are not a vessel for honor. You are not fit to be used and God will not use you don't get lost in oh i'm not good enough for the ministry no 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 no. the truth is have you cleansed yourself and surrendered your sin so that you are fit for the ministry or fit for, to be used by god you know just because uh, and satan will beat you up to hold you down but i'm going to tell you if we cleanse ourselves we become holy and god uses us i love that scripture or the words God uses in his scriptures about vessels under honor or dishonor. You know, when the potter yeah. put that clay on the, on the wheel, it would spin and they would form it very carefully into the vessel. And uh, it talks about vessels of honor. Those are ones they would bring the clean water in vessels of dishonor. That would be the gray water after they've washed vessel of honor uh, and right. the vessel of dishonor. They take the vessel of honor down to the well. Everybody sees it. It's beautiful. It's clean. Vessel of dishonor. They kind of leave it at home and catch the rainwater. Right. And you know, when when the, when our master, our our creator, put us on the on the wheel, uh, in his intentions, we're all vessels of honor. Amen. But when we choose, we can become vessels of dishonor. dishonor. And, that and that's a, up to us. Yeah. And we, we determine, am I going to be a vessel of honor by obedience or a vessel of dishonor by mm -hmm. disobedience? And uh, we're kind of set aside to, for the gray water. Right. Just to be taken out and dumped on the garden or something like that. I love it, dude. Holiness is the mark of every true Christian. First John 3, 9 through 10. Whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. When we look at this, holiness is a mark of, of every true Christian. And what does that look like? It looks like they don't, it doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. When it says, um, uh, been born of God and does not sin, it literally means, if you were to look that up in the, in the Greek, the original language, it means does not continue in sin. Yeah, the Greek aorist tense, past completed action with a present continuing effect. We don't continue to live that way. Right. Yeah, we set ourselves apart. And it's a says, point for a little Greek. Uh, no, because you did that on the last podcast. Okay. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> Right now, I think we're tied. I can't give you an extra one yet. Um, no, so it goes on in 10. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Dude, listen, man. It, holiness comes from dying to self and 
practicing righteousness and and do, trying to do our best. And so, if you have someone out here, or you know someone who says they're a Christian, but their lifestyle is not exemplary of God, forget exemplary of a Christian, because we we've we've screwed up the terminology so bad. It's even funny. Oprah says she's a Christian, but she doesn't believe in Jesus. And a Christian is a Christ follower. So forget the terminology, right? Because people are like, oh, I'm a Christian. No, you're not if you are not practicing righteousness. So when you have someone who is living a different lifestyle, because, you, you know, what's in our face more than anything than transgenderism uh, or uh, gender dysphoria and homosexuality, the uh, queer, lesbian, gay, whatever, whatever it is, right? And they go, I'm a Christian, but they're actively pursuing that lifestyle and they believe God made them that way. I'm sorry, but. So you're saying that Jesus was right when he said, not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, when are the kingdom of God, but he that doeth Do, yeah, the will that's right. of my father. The one that does the will of the my father. works don't make us a Christian. No. We become a Christian because we truly believe in right. Jesus. Right. And when we really believe in Jesus, he comes in. And, and our lifestyle changes, changes to look like him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those early days when this was just beginning. Uh, my dad was a, owned a bar and he didn't drive. Uh, long story, agoraphobia and whatever. And uh, I had to go pick him up at work at 1.30 in the morning, go into the bar and guys sitting around drunk, this and that and the other. And I'd been in bars all my life, and I never noticed foul language in the bar. Because so that was part saying, of you. Yeah. It's just I went into the bar, and I've been Christian now for like two days. <laughs> I went in, and I heard the filthiest language I'd ever heard. I had never noticed it. But right. now the Holy Spirit's inside of me. I'm Who watching, brings all things to your attention. And I'm watching an unholy world. And I was just part of that world. Yeah. But now I'm being sanctified. I'm being set apart to hear and see things in a whole new world, new light now. Right. And I, I did actively pursue. Right. I didn't say, oh, I'm better than all of you men here because I haven't said a bad word in two days. <laughs> No, that, that, see, there's that positional holiness right. that Christ is in me, and now and that practical. practical holiness begins to flow right. out. And, you know, you and I were talking about Jamie Regal earlier, and Jamie Regal had this saying that— and He's I don't a know, preacher friend of ours. Yeah, and I don't know where he got it from, obviously, but he would say, look, bad grammar but good theology. If you are what you were, then you ain't. Mm -hmm. If you are what you were, then, then you, you ain't. ain't. Yeah. And listen, if you would have went in there and that language wouldn't have bothered you, then you would have been an ain't. You wouldn't have because you were still what you were. There has to be there has to be a change. There has to be a, something happens. Listen, Christianity is not a lifestyle uh, to uh, of do's and don'ts so that you can bring on holiness. That's not that's not what it's about. It's literally because. In 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says that we're free from the letter of the law, which, which kills, right? It says, um, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And now, according to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit tells us, that's what we live by, Galatians 5, 16, and 18. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, before salvation, we all walk in the letter of the law. Do, don't, do, don't, do, don't. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Fine, no, fine. Disobey, disobey, disobey. Right, <laughs> exactly, right? 
But now, once you receive the Holy Spirit, because you believe unto Jesus Christ, verse 16 of Galatians 5 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, we were talking earlier, and then verse 18, I'll finish. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But in 17, it says, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So when people are actively pursuing things that the Bible says is a sin, you are pursuing what you wish. You will not die to that until you die to self and live unto Christ. Then the Holy Spirit moves you. Guys, these are these are all these are all examples of you are saved and uh, you're pursuing holiness. But if you say, God made me this way and therefore I'm not changing, and that's contrary to scripture, you're not a Christian, you're not saved, you're not born again, you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and hell is your home. Dude, it, 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 it can't be anything else. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, scripture's a lie or that person is a lie. People trying to accommodate sin. Only to flesh. do as they, because they only want to do what they wish. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, the whole holiness process is something that God begins, and it just is beautiful when it's happening. And um, it's God working in us, right. both the will and do of his good pleasure, conforming us to the image of his dear son. And if you're not conforming... Yeah, you're not in. You're, I don't think you are, man. You know, and I, I'm not saying this to judge. I'm just, if if you are, uh, look, if there's, if you call yourself an apple tree, but there's no apples ever, and yeah, all you got is growing sour grapes. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're growing grapes. Yeah, it's not an apple tree. I, it's not judging, dude. No, it's, it's not, just it's calling perception. it. It's calling it what it is. It, it's seeing what it is. It's perceiving. God yeah. wants us to be keenly aware, yeah. discerning, judgment. Right. Judgment is something completely different when you don't have the facts and you come to a conclusion. Yeah. And uh, so people kind of hide behind that judge, not lest you be judged. Well, it's not a judgment. God said, this is right. This is wrong. Do right. Don't do wrong. It's, it's as simple as looking outside saying, if it's raining, it's raining. Yeah. If it's sunshine, it's sunshine. Am I judging the weather? No, I am looking out and I am seeing that the sun is shining or that it is raining because that is what is presented to me. And it's the same way with someone's lifestyle. If you are presenting to me everything contrary to the scriptures, there's no way in the world I can go, oh, they're saved. They can't be. Because I said the prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, Or I'm saved because my grandma's saved. Yeah, cultural, generational Christianity, no such thing. <laughs> no. He must be born again, <laughs> <Yeah>. Grandma. <laughs> there is, dude, there God is does, no God doesn't such... have grandkids. God doesn't have grandkids. Amen. He has children. He has children. Mm-hmm. Great point. Dude, there's a point. Dude. All right, I'm giving it to you. Two. Right? <laughs> I'll, give, I'll get one back at but the we end. Both, and, but we, no matter who's ahead, we both win. Amen, right? So, look, we're told in Philippians 2, 12 through 13, therefore... And then you list this whole thing that goes before that. Because anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, you go back to see what it's there for. Therefore, my beloved, again, talking to Christians, 
as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so what we see is in this verse, there is a cooperation between God and his children in sanctification. There's a cooperation here, like God sets the standard and when we work toward it. And so what, what happens is we work out what God works in. That's basically what this verse is saying. Right. Do you ever hear people say, well, God hasn't convicted me of that yet, so it's okay? <laughs> you're drunk. Well, God hasn't convicted me about that. <laughs> because what's happening well, is... Well, you're just in disobedience. Well, because it's obvious they never read the scriptures, don't be drunk. Yeah, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess. And they're in violation, but like, oh, but God, I'm not convicted. God's guilty. God's guilty because he's not faithful to convict me of it. So because he hasn't convicted you of it, it's okay. It's okay. That's right. But that is, listen, listen. I hate that. I don't Dude. let anybody get away with that. As nice as I am, I don't <laughs> let them get away with that crap. But that is people's mentality. Well, always looking for someone to. It's God's fault. Yeah, it's always looking for someone to blame. Way. Look, Adam did that. Adam did that in the very beginning. And then we emulate Adam because, well, if we traced it back, he's our father, right? By great, 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 great grandfather, right? But here's the thing is, what did he say? He told God, it's the woman you gave me. I'm shifting. He accused God. I stole Johnny's motorcycle, but God hasn't convicted me about it yet. So it's still mine. It's still mine. I don't take it back. That's right. Yeah. But that's, dude, that's the insanity that people use and they're justifying of sin. Don't you think God wrote these verses to kind of uh, explain all that? Expose and, all that? And he wrote them so that we'd have a pretty cool podcast. All right. So, <laughs> got to give us some ammo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he gave us a lot of ammo. But our ammo is not to shoot people down. Our it's to build, them, to build up. them up. That's Amen. right. That's right. And that's really what we want to do. But the reality is that, listen, we are supposed to work out what God has worked in us. And that is working out our own salvation. And if it goes against scripture, you don't do it. You don't, God doesn't even need to convict you of it. If you already know it's wrong. Scripture set call, makes the call, not how you feel. Yeah. And, and what I find interesting is everybody wants to live by thou shalt not lie <laughs> for others. <laughs> don't you lie to me. That's right. But it's okay for us. Uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting that people also have found a way to justify lying. It's a, it's a little white lie. Mm, yeah, I know. I've been guilty of it. It's a little white lie. Uh, okay, let me help you out. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. It's all a lie. I don't care what color you paint it. Yeah. It's still a lie. It's a white lie. I framed it, I framed it nice. <laughs> a nice frame. Right? It's like, what part of that lie didn't you get a hold of? Oh, dude, I don't know what to and do. You with notice it. most lies go to kind of promote ourselves and put others down. Listen, we only lie to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will say that, oh, I'm, I lied to protect them. No, 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 no. You lied to protect you so they wouldn't dislike you. You know, we lied to protect ourselves. Why well, didn't want to hurt their feelings? Oh, so you lied to protect you so that you didn't look bad for hurting their feelings. Yeah. Oh, I lied because, no, you lie because you're trying to protect you and make you look yeah. like the good guy. I told Susie her dress was beautiful, and in reality, it was ugly. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> right? So, I was talking to one of my daughters one time, and I think I used this in a previous podcast, but it works. I was talking to one of my daughters. She was like, yeah, dad, so-and-so brought cookies to school. And she asked me to taste them and want to know what I thought. And I said, were the cookies good? 
And she goes, no, they, they were the worst. I said, what did you tell her? Oh, no, they're okay. They're good. <laughs> and I said, you know, the horrible part about this is, is your friend asked you what the cookies tasted like because your friend trusted you. And because you wanted to spare your friend's feelings, you lied to them, which set them up for failure because now they had a friend that they trusted in and believed in that has now led them down the wrong road. Now she's going to serve yucky cookies to all of her friends. <laughs> and we all have to suffer through it until someone finally says, these ain't good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so The prophet would say that. <laughs> the exhorter is, oh, they're not too bad. <laughs> I would be like... So my wife makes a meal and she's like, how do you like it? And I go, let's just say this. We'll never have it again. <laughs> That's the nicest oh, way man. I can say this is not good. Yeah, you are a prophet. I still love you. Um, and, and my daughters pick up on that actually. So they're like, we'll have something for dinner and they'll go, mom, we're never going to have this again. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> One and done baby. That's it. Cause I don't want to endure it twice. I really don't like I'll, I'll, well, and then, so one time my wife made a spaghetti dinner and she put in way too much cayenne pepper and she knew she did, but she didn't want to throw the food out. Right. So I get home from work, sit down, we start eating and I'm like, whoo, and I can handle hot stuff, but dude, this had my, this, I was, my eyes were burning, man. It was so hot. Cayenne is beyond jalapeno. Jalapeno is my limit. So I told her finally after like the third bite, I went, I can't do this. I'm sorry. This is no good. And she goes, fine. See if I ever make you dinner again. And I go, well, if it's like this, you're sparing me. <laughs> Your honesty is painful, John. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to endure the same bad meal twice. Hey, back at the scriptures here. Yeah, okay. listen. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that over and over again, I see a pattern here. Of course, God is a God of patterns. Okay? Right, right. You start. I love that thing about positional holiness. Yeah, uh, we, we're seated with Him already. We're conformed to His image already. That's positional. Positional, and now we work out our that's, own salvation. That's practical. That's practical. And every time, it's God's standard with God's help. Because without it, we're not going to ever rise above ourselves. But He does help us, and right. we have to say yes. We have to pursue. We have to do, we have to deny ourselves. We have our part. He has His part, right. and we grow. And and that's the key because holiness will not will not come to fruition or completion mm -hmm. in our lives with no effort on our part. Yeah, we don't uh, lay out a church, put the Bible on the shelf, sit uh, and go up out in the woods and sit on a hill in a white robe and wait for holiness to capture us. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's what, you know, it's crazy is what I just said. There was a whole religious movement called monasticism mm -hmm. that did that. The monks, yeah. and they would literally sit on a flagpole for 40 years eating bread and water to try to be conformed <laughs> to the image of Jesus. And guess what? It didn't work. It never <laughs> happened. Because even sitting there all on your own with nothing going on around you, you're still going to think thoughts you shouldn't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I stopped out of here. <laughs> wish, I wish I had an ice cream cone. Yeah, right. It's been 40 years. Where's God? <laughs> now you're mad at him instead of waiting on him. I would tell you a sweet little joke, but it it's funny. Okay. But it's funny. <laughs> but it really kind of captures this, okay? To show how Go stupid, how stupid people are. 
this guy comes into the monastery to become holy, to be a monk. He takes a vow of silence. He's not going to speak for 10 years. Then he can say two words, okay? Okay, so he comes in. He's there 10 whole years trying to, not a word, just trying to grow and be holy. At the end of 10 years, all the monks gather together to hear what this guy's going to say. It must be profound. And so his two words were, food cold. (laughs) They're like, oh, man, they were so disappointed. And so 10 more years go by. They all gather together. This is going to be something great. What does he say? Bed hard. (laughs) They're like, oh, they're so disappointed. 10 years later, they come back. What are you going to say now? 30 years. I I quit. quit. (laughs) I knew you would. All you've done is complain ever since you got here. (laughs) But, you know, that's us. That's us. That's how stupid we are. (laughs) And God says, I still love you. I'm going to put something inside of you. I'm going to begin a work, but you got to listen yeah. to me. In all your stupid, I'm still going to hang in there. That's you what God stuff says. Up. Yeah. You got to listen. Yeah. You yeah. got to participate. Yeah. And as we do, we're having a lot of fun with this today, but we know it's real. We know it's a struggle. Yeah. Sometimes we weep in this battle. We really do. And sometimes we really screw up in this battle. Dude, sometimes this battle just hands our butt to us on a platter. Yeah. Yeah. And it but is. He, he's faithful to convict us. Well, God's ultimate desire for his people is that we be holy. That's his ultimate desire. And that we are conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. In Romans eight twenty nine, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That we might be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Guys, there's an expectation that God puts on us that he says, I want you to be conformed to my son. I want you to be holy. Be holy as I am holy. Because when people go, well, you know, I can't be perfect. We didn't say perfect. We said holy. And holy is the pursuit of perfection. It's like Jesus is the blueprint. Yeah. And we are the project. Yeah. He's, we've been created in his image, body, soul, and spirit. And he's begun a work in us to conform us in the things that we say and the things that we don't say. That's right. The things that we think and the things that we rebut. Certain things come to my mind. It's evil. I'm putting away. I'm not going there. Thank you, Lord. Help me focus on whatever things are honest and pure. Just I think on these things. And this, this, you know, really this whole process of sanctification, this process of holiness is really just kind of walking with Jesus. Isn't it, it? it is. And what we see in First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, how you should possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor. And I think that's where we miss it, dude. Holiness is the will of God for our lives. And of course, the flesh is weak. Mark fourteen thirty eight. watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak because we have a tendency to constantly feed the flesh that which we know is not good for it. Mm-hmm. And our pursuit of holiness includes or should include confessing and forsaking sin. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that great cloud of witnesses are those in Hebrews chapter 11 that set the example for us, and they're a witness that what he's about to tell us is true. That's what that, that's the witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
Run with endurance. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. Pursue, endure. All these words are a constant action of pushing, growing, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. It says, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. By the way, the joy set before him was you and I. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen, amen. That he uh, set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then verse 3 says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You think about what he went through to remind you that we need to go through some junk too for holiness. And God always has a purpose. Always. God helps us in our weakness by giving us the Holy Spirit who reveals the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians two fourteen through 16. But the natural man, the natural man is a non-believer. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned or spiritually ignorant. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ because of the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ. Guys, we, we're with, really, we're without excuse. The mind of Christ and the word of God are one and the same. Absolutely. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure, Philippians 2.13. God wants to do great things in us and through us, but he can't do it until we yield to the Spirit and become fruit-bearing Christians, Galatians 5.22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so, guys, listen, if we don't yield to this stuff and allow God to work all of this in our life, we're not going to be fruit-bearing Christians. I love how the scriptures say God take, takes joy in what's going on. I have three little grandkids that live upstairs. I hear the boom, 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 boom every day running across our upstairs floor. And it's music to my ears. And we get to watch them growing. And it's with great pleasure. And we pour into them correction every day. Don't touch this. Don't jump on the couch. You're going to get hurt. We love you. We don't want you to get hurt. And we're pouring in, pouring in, pouring in, correcting, confronting, making them say they're sorry. Don't let them get away with this. Don't let them get away with that. Trying to, you know, give them little goodies. And and you watch them getting it. Yep. And it's pure joy. And God, never forget, God loves you. And he takes joy in our sanctification. When we say no to self and we, we pursue, he smiles. It makes the heart of God happy. Just think of that. All the stuff that's in this world that you and I have the power every day to make heaven smile. Let's do it, man. Let's do it, Johnny. Right? Listen, because of God's mercies, we should be living sacrifices. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, and then I love this, which is your reasonable, reasonable service. Reasonable. This isn't, even, this isn't even excessive. It's not requiring more than anything. It's just, it's just the way it is. Reasonable. It is your reasonable service. One day in heaven, guys, we will be free from sin and all of its effects. But I'm going to tell you, until then, 
Until then, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, and we have to keep running our race. Hebrews 12.2 goes on and says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So our battle is our opportunity. Absolutely. Guys, listen to me. It is all in Jesus. Holiness is in Jesus. Righteousness is in Jesus. And if you want any of it, you got to be first in Jesus and then second, willing to pursue that lifestyle. Hey, guys, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.